This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Well, good morning. I'm Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, today is the opening day of the Woodbine Thoroughbred Meet. Yes, it is finally here. For the first time since 2019, Woodbine will be opening on time with a total of 133 race dates that will end on December the 11th. And beginning with racing today and tomorrow, this year's racing season includes Woodbine's crown jewel, the 163rd running of the Queen's Plate, which will take place August 21st and continues with other major events like the Woodbine Oaks on July 24th, the Rico Woodbine Mile September 17th, and the Breeders' Stakes on October the 2nd, over $16.9 million dollars in stakes races will be conducted during the Woodbine race meet and the one person who's eager to get today going is Woodbine jockey friend of the show Emma Jane Wilson who's back from riding in Florida with the winter months and I'm sure looking forward to opening day especially because it's back where it should be in April like it was in the good old days shortly we will speak with Emma Jane and talk more about the upcoming Woodbine racing season and also hear more about how she spent the past winter riding in Florida in addition today friend of the show ex-NHL player and broadcaster and esteemed horse Horse racing handicapper Eddie Olchek will join us again on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. And with the Kentucky Derby only three weeks away, who else would you want breaking down the contenders from the pretenders than Eddie? And I'm quite sure that if there's a prep race, Eddie was there. Also, the NHL hockey players are set to open up in a couple weeks, and we'll get Eddie to put his analysis hat on and talk more about the upcoming NHL playoff season and maybe... See how your favorite team stacks up during the postseason. Hashtag Maple Leafs. Also on the show, another friend of the show, Woodbine trainer Laura Krasaskady, will join us again today in Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. And like jockey Emma Jean Wilson, Laura is too is looking forward to today's opening day at Woodbine. As for her, it will certainly be a sign that good things are set to come. Shortly, Laura will talk about what she is most looking forward to this 2022 racing season what her goals she hopes to achieve, and how she's moving forward from last season, which saw her become a stakes-winning trainer for the first time. And finally, well, he's back. Co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with our much-anticipated, much-beloved Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show, so you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, my co-host Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from dark horse to winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. 
Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert on all things pony, someone who's in a very, very good mood today, Larry Simpson. Larry, how are you? I'm doing okay. How about you? Very good. Uh, Woodbine have the thoroughbred meet kicking off today. More about that throughout the show. But uh, last weekend, it was a big weekend at the Bluegrass in Zandon with an unbelievable finish to win the Bluegrass. He uh, was pretty impressive, and oh. if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, the esteemed Kurt Becker mm-hmm. uh, selected that horse on this show. So, uh, yeah, and, and thank God I listened to Kurt Becker. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Zandon was great in the win, but you want to talk about a gutsy comfort behind win, Mo Donegal in the Wood Memorial with, what, half a horse length to win? Yeah, he, he was uh, really impressive, and uh, I was cheering him on because I had uh, futures bet on him for going forward in the Kentucky Derby. So actually, I believe two of my future bets look like, fingers crossed, they're going to make it to uh, the final 20 uh, for the Kentucky Derby, uh, uh, Tis the Bomb and uh, Mo Donegal. That's amazing. And uh, it's a busy show. We got Eddie Olchek on. We're just a few weeks away from the Kentucky Derby. Uh, the, but this is the opening of the Woodbine Thoroughbred season. And having it in mid April, it feels like we're getting back to normal when horse racing comes to the town and we're into this kind of season, Larry. Well, it's the first time since April of what, 2019? Yeah. That they opened in April. And like that's when traditionally they used to open in, in April. Actually, Prior to like the days of Greenwood and that, they I remember times when they started late March mm-hmm, and there'd mm-hmm. be snow on the ground <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it, it was pretty cold for the horses. So they got smart and moved it to uh, an April date. So, But it's exciting. You, you think about they released the, a bunch of the stakes races, the Woodbine Oaks, the Queen's Plate, the Rika Woodbine Mile, big, big stakes races, a lot of money on the line. It, it's, it's shaping up to be a great year for thoroughbred fans of Woodbine. Well, it's going to be exciting. And I think, you know, People here have been just so, you know, pented up with frustration yeah. pretty much. Just not on horse racing, on, on everything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, going forward now, we've got, uh, you know, hopefully we, we get some good weather and uh, we got, you know, the good summer meet coming for Woodbine. We've got the two turf courses up in operation then. Great turf racing. I love turf racing, like I've said mm-hmm. 14 million times on this show. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's exciting, and uh, fingers crossed it stays exciting. Well, equally exciting. The quality of the horses, the trainers, and some of the jockeys are coming to Woodbine for this year. It's it's first class all the way. Exactly, and there there are a couple of new jockeys coming in, which is going to be interesting to uh, to see how they fare, because it is a very tough jockey colony that we have here, and it's a very good jockey colony. 
Well, a big part of the excitement around here is, of course, the Woodbine Thoroughbred season kicking off this weekend. And who better to talk about it than one of the most successful jockeys at Woodbine over the last number of years, the amazing Emma Jane Wilson joining us. You can follow her on Twitter at EJWilson81. Emma Jane, it's a pleasure. How are you? I'm excited and happy to be chatting at, in April about opening day. So I'm very, very much looking forward to it. Everything well with you guys? Yeah, and you know, it's funny. Larry and I were just talking about that. It really feels like things are back to normal with an April opening day at Woodbine. And I guess for you and the rest of the jockeys in the horse racing community, it feels much the same way. Yeah, it does. I mean, we we understood the sacrifices that needed to be made in, in, in the last couple of years, but I, I think we're all very uh happy to be saying that we're you know we're through the worst of it hopefully the the pandemic is well on its way to being completely over i mean there's still some remnants and we we all have to do our due diligence we still have protocols in place you know that you know above and beyond what's required just to make sure that we get off uh racing and and everything keeps on ticking over for the horsemen the horse people the fans the betters everyone to enjoy you know the the amazing sport of thoroughbred racing and you spent the uh, this past winter in in Florida, correct? And uh, I did. Yeah. Uh, so uh, does that prepare you better for the the meet? Um, it can. Um, one of the things, you know, it's it's nice to stay active, uh, stay with with the horses, and and keeping the you know keep a pulse on uh, you know on the local horses that are doing well, you know, south of border training, spring training, essentially. Um, I have you know developed a pretty uh, regimented routine when I'm during the off season to stay fit um, through exercise and whatnot at home. And I know I'm not the only one that's had their a home gym developed in their basement over the last couple of years. So um, it was, uh, but it was definitely nice to be in Florida, um, get out in the sunshine and, and get on horses every day, um, as well as, you know, do some spring training and ride a few races and, and keep fit. It, uh, it's been a few years since I've been down there. And, uh, you know, I think everyone can, uh, admit to a change of scenery from the you know post pandemic blues was uh, it was you know definitely uh, you know good for the soul. Emma Jane, with someone with your experience and your knowledge and all your accolades and everything you want, can you still learn things doing a, a kind of a spring training type of season at Tampa? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I rode a few horses at Tampa and at Gulfstream. Um, you know, and it's a lot of jockeys head down that way. There's a lot of horses. It's the you know premier place to be through the winter months. Um, but anytime you get to see different jocks uh, riding and, and even different trainers, um, there's different ways to bring horses around and, and there's different ways to, you know, little things to stay fit. So hanging out with, you know, guys like chat a little bit with Tyler Gaffleon a little and, you know, he's a young and upcoming rider and, you know, him and I had a, a little powwow about some fitness stuff and it was just, you know, that's the kind of stuff you do when, especially with guys not shipping back and forth to Woodbine to race this year as, as, or last year as much as they had. It just enables you to, you know, we being a jock is a unique uh, lifestyle. Not just, um, you know, traveling around to ride horses. It's also, you know, your 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 diet, your fitness, etc. So, anytime you can sit down with some of these guys and you know, sort of chat about different ways of doing things and staying fit and 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 whatnot is always uh, is always beneficial. You you add a few more tools to your your tool belt and your repertoire. That's for sure. Emma Jean, you've mentioned fitness a lot every time we've spoken to you, and a lot of listeners ask, well, wh- why so important? Why is it so crucial for a jock at your level to have a certain level of fitness to be successful? Oh, well, I mean, we are we are athletes. It is horse racing. It is the, the horses that are the true competitors. But the jockeys on their back, we are part of that team. Um, 
And when you get poised on top of these thousand pound animals, really we're, we're balanced with just our stirrups. You're not sitting on their backs. We're poised on our stirrups on the, on their backs. And we have to, you know, um, blend with the horse in terms of their athletic ability, get down in behind and, 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 you know, encourage them to go as fast as they can. So, you know, you can't be flopping all over the place and, 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 you know, and hindering them. It's, uh, so fitness plays a huge role. And there's that little bit of extra. I mean, if you can pick that horse up and carry them home, that little bit extra where they need that extra oomph, that added strength and stability that me as the jockey can provide to that horse, that can make the difference of a, of a nose, which is, you know, just a matter of inches. And that's a win, win or, a, or a second place finish. Back here at Woodbine now, you're going to be starting racing and riding. Any major goals for this year? Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I have to be honest, it's it's a bit surreal right now. It seems kind of strange that we're actually able to get started on time. Um, I think we're all in a little bit of shock at that. Uh, <laughs> um, as far as goals for this season, I just really want to ride fast horses. You know, <laughs> there, there's some really good horses around here and... and the Queen's Plate here at, in, is Canada's horse race, and that's always on the radar. You're always looking for that two-year-old from last year developing into a three-year-old. But also we have the Triple Tierra series with the Oaks coming up as well. So um, I, I, I just want to be riding the fastest of the fast and, and, you know, get off to a good start. And, and I'm so excited. I was doing, you know, cartwheels on the turf course this morning and, you know, just looking forward to get, uh, getting going. Speaking with jockey Imogene Wilson, getting ready for the Woodbine Thoroughbred season kicking off this weekend, and and I wonder with someone as your experience, do you map out the spring, summer, fall at Woodbine certain horse uh, races you want to be a part of, the number of races you want to be a part of, or is that um, sometimes up to fate and your agent and things? How do they fall into place? It's more the fate uh, of of the horses themselves, actually. Um, so. You- as we develop with the relationships with the different trainers and the different horses, as well as, you know, the owners as well, um, those horses will, you know, and, and develop, um, they'll have a plan for the season. So a lot of guys that took horses away for the winter, you know, horses that were two-year-olds that showed promise, for example, for the Queen's Plate as, uh, you know, the goal that's, uh, I believe, is later in the year this year than it has in, in, in you know, traditional history, but not pandemic history. So, They'll have that mapped out. So it's all dependent on the horses and how they progress and how they develop. So as long as you, um, you, you can keep some of those promising horses separated in different directions, um, as long as you can to, to, as a jockey to see, you know, who the best horse is going to be and, and, and hopefully be, get, get the chance to, you know, pick the fastest one on the day. So it's all a matter of the horses and how they progress how they develop, and, and also what the, the trainers and the owners have in, in, in mind as well. Hmm. So in, in your career, you've rode some very nice horses. If you had to pick just one, who was, <laughs> who was the nicest, the best? Oh, that's, um, that's a difficult <laughs> one. Um, I mean, we've talked so much about the Queen's Plate, and so Mike Fox in 2007 winning the, the, the Queen's Plate was definitely um one that will forever go down in in history for me um and he was uh he was pretty magnificent on the day um but i i can't even begin to count the number of nice horses that i've sat on um it's just it's just been woodbine's just been so good to me um so honestly i can't even pick just one 
When you started riding, taking lessons at nine, did you ever think that you'd be a thoroughbred jockey of this kind of acclaim with this kind of accomplishments? Uh, at nine, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> a little older at 13, I, you know, I, no, I'm like no chance. Um, and even when I got older and, uh, you know, and I really decided I was going to focus on, on being a rider, being a jockey at that time, I was, you know, sort of contented with the idea of even if I rode in five races and was terrible and finished last in all of them, at least I had a chance to follow my dream. As my early development started, there was, uh, you know, I could, I could feel that things were going well and people were taking notices to, you know, my abilities. And so there was that, you know, just as the, the career sort of started to take off, it, I was hopeful that I could be successful, win a few races and do all right. But I still, to this day, had no idea that it was going to be as, um, you know, such a, a career for me. Um, I, it's just, it is truly what dreams are made of. What's the uh, biggest change in horse racing that you've noticed since you broke in as a jockey? Is there one cool. or is there many? Um, there are many. Um, I mean, the, the acceptance of women in racing on a global scale has really uh, shifted. I remember when I first started at Woodbine, we were, you know, I would consider Ontario racing very progressive. We'd had some successful women in racing, uh, women jockeys, and, and it wasn't really that out of the ordinary to see it, although history had still needed to be written. Um, but now to see on a global scale, um, on continents, all over the world. Um, Australia's top jockeys are, you know, it's, it's not a question about gender anymore. There's girl, you know, men and women at the top of the game, as well as in, you know, the UK, even in, you know, Japan and Hong Kong, there has been some significant progress made in that regard. So it's, it's very positive to see. Um, I still think we have a lot of work to do. Um, and the other thing I've noticed is just seeing, you know, a lot of the technology um, in how we manage the horses as athletes, um, you look at things like the NFL and, and, you know, the technologies that they put in place for training, et cetera. We've adapted a lot of those things for horse racing. I mean, they've got GPS systems that they put on the horses now for the, the racing, as well as, you know, stride measurement and heart rate monitors, as well as, you know, modalities that they use now for um, managing these professional athletes, these horses, you know, um, to keep them uh, in tip-top shape and, and in the best conditions and the best uh, fitness. So it's really interesting to watch that and, you know, these, these animals are amazing, amazing athletes, and, and they get treated with the utmost care. When you started winning and making money, did you buy something to splurge, a car, a toy, or something like, I've always wanted that, and now I can afford it? <laughs> um, yes, but it wasn't right away. Uh, I was um, reasonable. I, I wrote out a goals list long before I started riding races, and and um, so there was a there was a 10-year plan but I do drive a, a, a 2014 Porsche Cayman mm. S, and and uh, its its nickname is the Kitten. It purrs, and you know I, I very much am looking forward to getting that out on the road now that the salt is cleared, because I can't wait to let listen to that thing roar down the 407. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, do, <laughs> doing the speed limit, of course, right? Absolutely, at all times. I mean, I follow the rules of racing, and I also follow all all the rules of the the, the Highway Traffic Act. Absolutely, uh, yes, sir, officer, sir. Uh, Jane, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Well, here's hoping you have an incredible season at Woodbine. We look forward to speaking again, and uh, all the best. We love having you on. 
It's an absolute pleasure, guys. Thank you for everything you do for the, the game. Um, the more the more people we can turn into fans, even if they just come out and watch some of these powerful, powerful, amazing animals compete. Just uh, just come on down, guys. I mean, we're we you're allowed out of your house now, so come and join us. Amen to that. Thanks, Emma Jane. We'll talk soon. When we come back, friend of the show, Eddie Olchuk, will join us again on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 1059 The Region. Ponies 24 7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, Eddie Olchuk, will join us once again on Ponies 24-7. And when you're talking about the Kentucky Derby, the Triple Crown, there's no one better to talk about than Eddie O. Eddie, welcome to the show. It was always a real pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Larry, Jim, nice to be with you. Thanks for having me. And a little bit of normalcy back in our uh, back in our world now. So uh, looking forward to uh, the run for the roses on the first Saturday in May. Well, and that's why we have you on today. I mean, last weekend, Zandon and Mo Donegal, impressive, impressive wins, especially Mo Donegal. Larry and I keep talking. It's so wide open this year, Eddie. Well, I think you can make a case for probably, you know, five or six horses. And, you know, you mentioned Mo Donegal. I've been on his, uh, been on his back uh, for the last, uh, the last six weeks uh, since his real tough trip in the Holy Bull down in Florida and Gulfstream and, you know, then he got a bad post in his next race, and they scratched. And then he, you know, he came up with a little bit of an issue. And then Todd Fletcher, the trainer, took him back uh, back east and took him to New York and said he was going to run in the wood. And we know that uh, the wood hasn't, uh, you know, hasn't produced a Kentucky Derby uh, winner in a long, long time. I think only once in the last twenty years. And you know, and then the race he runs uh, at the wood was exactly the way that I think. Uh, that you need to maybe win this year's Kentucky Derby is because I think there's just there's seems to be a lot of horses that like to run very close to the lead or on the lead and 
mean, I think maybe this will be the first year in a long time. Maybe we'll get another mind that bird up the rail at, uh, you know, 20 to one or 15 to one, whatever it is. And, and capture the, uh, you know, the run for the roses. But, you know, I thought Mo Donegal's win was was very, very impressive. It was very workmanlike and doesn't mind being on the inside. And uh, I actually got him in a couple of future wagers of north of 25 to 1. So I'm uh, <laughs> liking that a lot of people think he'll be, you know, somewhere in that 12 to 1, you know, 12 to 1 morning line range come Kentucky Derby, but if Irad Ortiz jumps on his back and it is Todd Fletcher, I would imagine that would probably be, be worth a point or two less that you get one of the top jocks in all the world. So that was very impressive. And then you had Tabo win the Santa Anita Derby off his uh, real rugged schedule of two career wins and winning the Santa Anita Derby in his second start. So that was obviously very impressive in a race there. There was a lot of speed and was able to stalk and go two turns for the first time. So that was uh, a very impressive win from a California point of view in the Santa Anita Derby. So lots, you know, lots to look forward to. And the most recent Triple Crown uh, race, uh, you know, entrance to uh, to get in and, and have the ability with the point system to be able to run in the Derby. And we'll see what it is, but very, very wide open. How would you rate this year's uh, group of three-year-olds compared to past years? No, I think I think you're sitting on. Uh, uh, I think you're probably sitting on four or five horses that will, you know, will win a Triple Crown race, or will you know win a Grade One, or will win one or two uh, Breeders' Cup races over the course of the next couple of years. I, I just think that it's it's so deep. It's uh, they're very tactical. A lot of these horses. You know, some of these horses that have been trying to get on the Triple Crown Trail might be, uh, you know, might be better suited to get onto the grass and, and, and become grass uh, uh, champions. And so that that's the beauty of it. I, I just think it is very, very deep, whether it's Epicenter, uh, you know, winning the Louisiana Derby or White of Barrio winning the Florida Derby uh, and, and, and horses that have competed there. I'm not sure what to take of, uh, of what's going on at Hot Springs, Arkansas, Oakland with the Arkansas Derby and, and, and their preps as well. I'm, I'm not sure really what to make uh, of the horses that are coming, you know, from there. And so, you know, the California horses, uh, you know, you got Messier there, obviously the hockey tie, which is great uh, for all of us that love pucks and ponies, hockey and horse racing. Uh, you know, I think a disappointing second in the Santa Anita Derby, but California horses have had some great success here recently on the on the uh, Triple Crown Trail. So I, I just think that, like I said, at the start, you can make a case for five or six, and post positions become so important. What's the weather going to be like on the first Saturday in May in Louisville? So there's just so many, uh, you know, there's just so many parts to the equation here that. Uh, is unknown, but I think that we're sitting on some really, really talented horses. And the last thing I'll say about that is, you know, in order to, you know, to be on the Triple Crown Trail, you got to, you know, you got to prove that you can go two turns. Uh, some of these horses may be just one turn horses, you know, like maybe, you know, maybe Forbidden Kingdom out there in California for Dickie Mandela or even Messier, maybe he ends up becoming a, a seven furlong or a one mile turn 
type of horse. So you, you, you just don't know, uh, you know, what might be, uh, you know, might be right in front of us, right? I mean, didn't Jackie's Warrior a couple of years ago run in a Kentucky Derby, and the next thing you know, yep. the horse is running, uh, you know, three-quarters of a mile or seven-eighths of a mile and going, you know, 108 and change and becoming one of the fastest uh you know, so-called, uh, you know, mid-distance sprinters that we have in the country. So lots to, uh, lots to digest, but it is absolutely, uh, uh, I think, a very, very deep field this year in, uh, in 2022. Eddie, for broadcasters, for trainers, for people involved in the horse racing industry, for fans looking forward to the Kentucky Derby, it does feel different this year without Bob Baffert part of it and without him in the mix. It just seems like it's such an even level playing field for everyone heading into that first Saturday in May. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a lot there uh, to unravel, but I'll, I'll just stay on, you know, not having a guy that has been the face and has won the biggest races uh, in horse racing in the world over the course of the last you know, I guess you just do the 10, 10, 12 years, whatever the run that Bob has had. And you could argue in the, in his most, uh, uh, up and down and, and emotional roller coaster ride last year, uh, you could argue that Bob Baffert's had his best year ever over the course of this last year under all of this uh, scrutiny and adversity. And, and look, rightfully so, but you know, there's a lot there to, to roll back and peel back the onion, but that's probably for another day and another show. So you're right. Uh, Bob is not a part of it and the door is open for somebody else to, uh, you know, to take advantage and, and, uh, and see if they can get to one of these great equine athletes to the winner's circle here for the run for the roses, the first, uh, the first weekend. And, uh, in May, uh, trainer, Wesley Ward had a, two-year-old entered the other day called Olchek. Who was that named after? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I just hope some of these, uh, I just hope a lot of these uh, racetrack announcers, wherever Olchek is going to run as a hockey fan, because if you look at it, uh, you could probably uh, butcher it up pretty good and ask <laughs> this guy to buy a vowel or put a vowel in the name or whatever. But um, the story to it is, is that uh, CJ Thoroughbreds, which is, uh, C.J. Johnson, uh, his dad, Corey, was a long-term, long-time general manager at Lone Star Park down in Dallas and then as well at Kentucky Downs and uh, into the thoroughbred industry for, you know, a thousand years. But uh, I had met Corey back in the late 90s when I was playing still in the National Hockey League as a player and got down to Dallas and uh, I met Corey and I met his son, C.J., who was a young hockey player playing in the youth hockey division there in, in the suburbs of Dallas. And, you know, I went to the track and he, he knew I was a big horse racing guy and, and obviously, you know, being involved in the game of hockey. So we just stayed in contact over the years and, and CJ has become very successful along with his dad. And he, uh, he actually called me probably about eight weeks ago and said, Hey, you know, we just, uh, we just bought this, uh, this two-year-old Nyquist and, uh, uh, you know, the hockey tie there with, you know, Nyquist obviously went in a derby and named after Gustav Nyquist. And, you know, he said, Hey, we, you know, we'd be interested in naming this, uh, in naming this two year old old check. What do you think? And I'm like, well, 
First off, if you've ever seen me run, you probably don't want to name the horse Olchek, first off. And, uh, and, and, and second of all, I said, I just wanted to make you aware. I look at, I went full disclosure with, with CJ. I just look at, I need to let you know. And then you can make your decision after. I know you want to name it after me, but I said, second of all, I said, I don't know if you know this, but when I was a rookie in the National Hockey League playing with the Chicago Blackhawks, I played on the line with uh, with Troy Murray and Kirk Frazier. Of course, Troy Murray won the uh, won the Selkie Trophy back. I think it was in eighty in uh, in eighty five eighty six. He was a Selkie Trophy winner. So Troy Murray had a great career, and Kirk Frazier was one of the toughest players ever to play in the National Hockey League. So I played on the line with those two guys, and we were and we were all over six feet tall and over two hundred pounds. And back in the early eighties, that was really not normal. So my legendary broadcast partner, the great Pat Foley, uh, who is retiring this year with the Chicago Blackhawks being the voice there for 39 years, he coined our line, the Clydesdales. That's right. I remember <laughs> and I, that. Yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and I told CJ, I said, hey, look, I wasn't very fast. I played on the Clydesdales. So look at, you know, like you, you got a thoroughbred there. I, I hope you don't have a Clydesdale that you just spent, you know, 170 G's on and you want to name the horse after me. So, but the only, the only silver lining in this thing is that the only thing that I have in common with the two year old equine athlete named Olchek is that this 55 year old two legged human named Olchek is we're both gelding, so that's about the only thing we got going for us. <laughs> Uh, Eddie, uh, you know, here in the GTA in the Toronto York region area, we're in love with Austin Matthews and the Maple Leafs. But I keep looking at Nathan McKinnon and the Avalanche. I'm wondering who is going to beat them in the postseason. Yeah, well, rightfully so. Uh, Austin Matthews, uh, Austin Matthews is just on an unbelievable heater, and it looks like he's going to get you know at least 65. But uh, to be in that, uh, you know, to be in that. Uh, Area code of, of uh, you know, greatest goal-scoring leaf in the history of the franchise is certainly saying something. So a tip of the hockey helmet from a former Toronto Maple Leaf that uh, all I could get to was 42 goals in my first season with the Leafs back in 87, 88. So uh, that's just an amazing run, and congratulations to Austin Matthews. But, look, the Avs look like they are the team to beat. Uh, you know, they seem to have everything. I think that they're a much better defending team than – I think I thought that they would be, you know, look, it comes down to goaltending. And I know that's a, a very uh, sore and touchy subject with, uh, with Leafs Nation. Is, you know, <laughs> look, if you don't get it, that being goaltending, you're not going to win in the playoffs. I, I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter who's standing behind the bench or, you know, look, at, can, can you outscore a team? You know, can you, you know, can you... You know, can you say you're going to give up five and score six? Well, look at Florida. Looks like maybe they might be the only team in the league to say, "Hey, we may give up five, but you know, we're going to get six or seven every night with the way that they're scoring goals." But you know, look at Colorado, Calgary, Florida. Uh, I would not discount Tampa because they've been there and done that and looking for three in a row. Carolina's got a really good team, and then it comes down to matchups. It comes down to matchups at the end of the day, and. Uh, um, you know, and if you can stay healthy, not only hockey healthy, but staying, uh, you know, staying out of COVID protocol. So I know there's a lot there, but, you know, I can see why they're the favorite, rightfully so. But until you do it, 
the pressure is going to be on, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out come playoff time. Awesome. Eddie, as always, we love having you on to continue good health and good success. Uh, we're big, big fans and looking forward to your call coming up on that first Saturday in May, my friend. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, take care. Hey, when we come back after the break, Laura Krasiskady will join us once again at Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Live Harness Racing continues at the Meadowlands Racetrack every Friday and Saturday evening with a post time of 6.20 p.m. The Big Gams Championship meet is highlighted by the Meadowlands Pace on July 16th, and on August 6th, it's the famed $1 million Hamiltonian, headlining an exceptional day of stakes events with a special post time of 12 noon. Watch and wager on all of the Big M's exciting harness racing action through your HBI bet account and Dark Horse app and be part of the Meadowlands Racing Experience. Visit PlayMeadowlands.com for racing details. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at cosaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, Laura Krasaskady, who joined us again today. And Laura, like Emma Jean Wilson, is certainly looking forward to this weekend's opening day and today's opening day at Woodbine, as it was just in December that Laura won her first stakes race as the trainer of La Prevone at the stakes in Woodbine. And Laura, welcome to the show as always. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, great follow on Instagram too, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no problem. Um, you know, you had a thing the other day, leading force trying to tell me something. Uh, I think a lot of the horses are trying to tell the trainers and the jockeys and the fans, like, let's go, let's get this going. Absolutely, absolutely. What's what's exciting to you about getting back in April, a regular start year, looking ahead to the 2022 season? It's been an exciting December winning a state race and then the winter break and you just can't wait for the April racing to start and the COVID, uh, of course, postponed a couple of years in the row and this year we're starting right on time. I think it's exciting for not only me but a lot of horse people to be getting back in the groove as we've done for many years here. Laura, to give our uh, listeners a bit of a background, you grew up in Lithuania 
At 15, you moved to Toronto and started working weekends as a hot walker at nearby Woodbine, and you were still going to school during the week. Uh, why were you so dedicated to uh, wanting to get into the horse racing industry? Well, I've been passionate about horses for many years. Since back home, I was uh, was a very young girl. I was 10 or 11, and I joined the horses, and it was my passion. I think the animals are kind, caring, and uh, very open to be a best friend. So I followed the dream all the way from back home to woodbinding. You know, came in here, the closest, closest horse I could see was a racetrack. So I fulfilled and continued my passion as being a horse person. How do you make a transition from being a hot walker to a winning trainer? <laughs> well, you know, hot walking is uh, it's it's a good job to start and interfere with racehorses, but you know, like it, I didn't see myself doing that forever. Like I wanted to go places. I wanted to go up and get on the horse, uh, get on a thoroughbred, and feel the adrenaline, and then. I decided to be an owner. I ended up buying a horse for $500, and that was so exciting, seeing a race and finishing second on a third start at Woodbine. So it got my adrenaline totally going. So I said, you know what? i got to do much more. i got to try to go and get a trainer's license. And so I did. I studied, and I did. Hmm. And, and talk about the process. It, it was a tough process becoming a trainer. It's, it's not an easy exam, is it? And, and you're a single mom. Yeah. It's not, yes. I'm a single mom of two little girls that demand, constantly demand my attention because I'm the only parent. And yes, the exam is very hard. You have to pass in high flying colors. So my mom helped me. My dad helped me. They were there. So, you know, I studied. I studied every day. I go to work and I look at the horses and I said, okay, well, there's problems, things I should know about, the joints, the confirmation, the nutrition, everything, everything, everything. I think consistency of what you want to be and what you want to do in life, uh, it helps a lot too. You know, my girls were pretty good too. They they did support me and I tell them today you guys have to be quiet because tomorrow writing a test. So please just work with mommy. And they said, okay, mommy, go ahead and pass the test. But the one thing that impress, impresses me, Lauren, I think a lot of people involved in the horse racing industry in the province is, I mean, you've really paid your dues and you've done just a little bit about everything, not just the academics of being a trainer, but the knowledge of everything else that goes around the stables and around horse racing. Yes, it's true. It's every day. I believe every day you learn something different. I, I don't agree that you come in, you pass a test, you win a race, and you think you know everything. There's no such a thing. I don't agree with that. I think every horse is different, just like humans are. And every day is a learning process. One horse, your training on one horse might work. The other horse might be a little bit different. So you have to change the program, change the nutrition, change the program, and train differently. So... Yeah, it's a learning process. Every day I wake up, 4 o'clock in the morning, and every day I walk into Woodbine, walk into my barn, I see every single horse with different things that needs to be done. So, yes, learning process. Hmm. So you, let's talk about last year. You'd been training for four years, and you have this horse, Silent Causeway, that happens to win the La Prevoyante Stakes. How did you feel after all that? Did you feel that, you know, I've, I've actually made it? Yeah, well, it's a start. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say a 100% made it, but it's a start. It's a great feeling to win a state race, something I tried on my third year of training when we had a, a multiple, multiple place, stakes-placed trainer. I had a lot of two seconds. 
And uh, finally accomplishing on my fourth year in the end of the season, I think it was just like a touch up of cream on top of the cupcake. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> it was a great feeling. Yes, It was a great feeling of finally getting there and accomplishing things. Before we look ahead to this season, there, I, I was fascinated by something you posted on Instagram, a series of photos teaching how to pop out of the gate. And maybe for listeners to understand, is that teaching the horse, teaching the jockey, teaching both the, the science of popping out of the gate to get the best start in a race? Well, I think popping out of the gate, I think it's more teaching a horse. See, a good jockey, he knows what he's doing, but teaching a horse to come out of the gate solidly straight and perfect speed, it's very important. It takes a little time. Some certain horses learn a little slower. Certain horses get a hang of it really fast. So, so it's almost like the repetition, like an athlete getting that horse so they're comfortable in the gate and knowing how to pop out of it. Yes. So, like I said, every horse is different. Some might be a little nervous because it's a little bit tighter in closed area. Some horses are too confident, so you got to tell them to whoa, slow down a little bit, <laughs> pay attention. You know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a process. So today is opening day at Woodbine. Let's talk a little bit about uh, your stable. How many horses have you got and uh, how many are at, at Woodbine and what's your plans for them and when do you, we expect to see somebody uh, see one of your uh, horses racing? Well, I have a stable of six horses. I have quite a few babies. I do have the diva, Silent Cosby there. She's not going to run until June. And um, I have one... Uh, if the race goes next week, one three-year-old to start. Um, babies, I don't rush. June is probably my advance for the babies to start racing. So, and the other one, I have another gelding that he needs to wait for the turf. Also, will be maybe the end of May, June. So next week, I'll have one to start on the synthetic. Well, it's a big, big season at Woodbine, Laura. Uh, I think what almost seventeen million dollars in stakes races. Uh, so much happening. What are your goals for this season with your stable of horses and you personally? Well, you're right on that one. We do have purse increase, uh, cheaper horses purse increase in twenty percent. Yes, lots of stake selections. You um, have two turf courses, and I'm looking forward. To it. I think I have pretty decent stable. I think I'm very confident. I'm excited. And uh, I think we'll have a great year. How about uh, in in the future? I know when I did an interview for uh, Ponies Twenty Four Seven Magazine, which will be out in the next couple of days. There's a there's a plug for the nice magazine. Plug. Good plug. Good plug. Good plug. Going forward, when I asked you that question about what your plans would be and and what the you know biggest achievement would be as a trainer, you mentioned winning a Queen's Plate at Woodbine or a Canadian Triple Crown. Uh, is this still hold that's true? That's a start. That's, that's just a start. A start? <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that's a start, yeah. So, so what's the next step after that? <laughs> well, my next big dream is Breeders' Cup, of course. Breeders' Cup. I think starting Breeders' Cup as a juvenile is amazing. Or this staff, you know, like older females. And, and of course, the, the main Breeders' Cup is, wow. I think I think if I ever get there, I'll be feeling more accomplished because getting there, it's a lot of learning. It's a lot of finding the right horses and prepping them right. It's 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 hard, but I think I'll get there. I won't stop till I get there. That's just my persistence. 
Laura, we spoke to Imogene Wilson, the jockey, earlier, and she talked about that it was a challenge, but now she's feeling like she's getting the respect she's due as a female jockey because of all of her success. Do you feel some of that as well, that people are respecting you now as a trainer? Who cares if you're a woman? You're good and you win. Yes, I do see that. Yes, yes, I do see that. And yes, Emma J is right on that. I'm sure she won what all females go through at the racetrack. Um, She is accomplished. She's successful. She's an excellent rider. And yes, I feel like people look at me a little bit differently. You know, more, hello, how are you? (laughs) The agents don't tell you where to put their horses in. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so, (laughs) because, ah, you're a female, you don't know. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, it's a little bit different. It's nicer. It's more relaxed atmosphere now. So it's more focused instead of thinking what's going on, why, you know, so. Well, female trainers are a lot more prevalent now too. Like uh, we talked about in the past, there's, you know, there's Josie Carroll and, you know, there's uh, Linda Rice in the U.S. and, uh, you know, there's yourself now. Uh, so they are more prevalent. And Catherine Day Phillips, uh, you know, is another one. So there's there's a lot of uh, ones like yourself that could be, you know, good role models for, you know, young young women that want to get into the business they, they maybe don't want to be a jockey or they want to be more than an older, they want to be a trainer. So they've got some role models like yourself and the other people I've mentioned, right? Yeah, and I think of a help of uh, very negative males in this industry that makes us and pushes us forward saying, ha, because you say I'm a female, I can't do it. Now I'm just going to prove you wrong. And it makes it keeps us, gives us that opportunity to work a little harder than them and just prove the point that I can train just as much as you do. We can be in the same industry equal. Right. So I think I think it's a push, push for saying because I'm a female, nobody looks at you. But now, yes, more females are showing up doing well. We're working harder. We're more persistent and stubborn and succeeding slowly. Yeah. We like your style. Laura, have a great season. And here's to many successes this year, 2022. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much. A pleasure. Hey, to read more about Laura, check out the current issue of Ponies 24-7. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park, the Meadowlands, and of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure that your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stick with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. 
The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Okay then, everyone, happy Easter weekend. Before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be? Without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems, as Larry gives us his scorching hot Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Larry, make us some money. Okay, hopefully these are gifts from the Easter Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all right, let's start at uh, Woodbine. It's finally open. How day. nice is that to hear you say? Exactly. I haven't said that for a long time, since December, actually. So, uh we have a first post of uh, 110 today. Uh, it's an eight-race card. The key here at uh, when you're trying to handicap at Woodbine is uh, one of the big issues is a lot of these horses haven't raced since Woodbine shut down in December. It's a lot of unknown. That's right. And so they've been entered. They have been basically have a series of uh, training workouts. And in a lot of cases, that gets them gets them ready in that. What I like to do is look for horses that have been racing during the winter, mm-hmm. and then they get shipped up here, and they get a couple of uh, workouts put into them and that. And so they got a little bit of uh, back conditioning in that. So race six is an allowance uh, event for uh, purse uh, fillies and mares at five furlongs on the all-weather track. There's 10 horses signed on. And the number five horse, Beautiful Empire, is one of the horses I was just explaining. It has been racing in the uh, in the U.S. Uh, comes from the Mark Cassie barn. She has a condition edge over most of uh, the other horses in this race. Already raced twice at Turfway Park, including a uh, third uh, place finish in the Vandale Stakes in February. And when you look at it, uh, since Beautiful Empire was switched to uh, Turfway's all-weather surface. She's been a changed horse. Had a maiden win back in December. She had a second place finish in an allowance optional claimer, and then a third in the what I mentioned, the uh, Vandale Stakes. So uh, I think this horse has got a little bit of uh, uh, bottom to her. And uh, since uh, being shipped to Woodbine, then we have some good works. We have two four furlong breezes, and we have a pretty efficient five furlong breeze. And all these works were on the Woodbine Tapita surface. So this. This horse looks like she uh, she likes the tapita. Also, the connections of Patrick Husbands and Mark Cassie, they've been lights out for the past Oof. five years yeah. or so, right? Uh, there's an interesting sidebar to this race. Is trainer Bat- Brad Cox is training the three-horse uh, Fast Corey 
in this same race. And after breaking her maiden at Turfway, is being shipped up for this this race. And it, it's it's interesting that Mandaloon's trainer is racing here. And it's I think it speaks volumes for Woodbine and the, the status it has obtained in, in uh, North America racing. And I know we had Jim Lawson on uh, the show a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He had mentioned there was going to be some burns. Uh, I've heard uh, Steve Asmussen has got some horses here too. So I think that's just basically, you know, is the, the good promotion that Woodbine's done, the fact that they've got a good product here. And uh, anyway, just uh, thought I, I would throw no, it out. No, 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 no. It's, it's very interesting, yeah, Larry. It's interesting that uh, this is the first horse we're seeing from Brad Cox, and I hmm. think we're probably going to see some more. But, but anyways, getting back to my pony's pick. <laughs> it was a long way around. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I got my pen ready. What <laughs> yeah. is it? Woodbine, race six. Number five, Beautiful Empire. Beautiful Empire. Beautiful. Yeah. And next. <laughs> All right. Okay, this will be a lot shorter. <laughs> so uh, Santa Anita has a 10 race card uh, today, and uh, race 10 is a maiden special weight for three-year-olds and up, six furlongs on the dirt. Uh, number three, Special Ride, made his four-year-old debut on March the 27th at Santa Anita. And what a great race it was. Uh, she, he finished third, beating a neck, in a, and it's a $150,000 maiden claiming event that it was in. Uh, in that race, Special Ride was down on the inside, got shuffled back, lost positions, and then during the backstretch run, uh, tried to get out, but finally did get out and re-rallied and finished a closely bit, beaten third. So uh, Special Ride was uh, probably the best horse that day. And looks on paper that to be the best in today's race. So uh, at the six furlong distance, should just hit this horse very, very well. So Santa Anita, race 10, number three, special ride. Up next? Uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park has a 10 race card tonight. Race seven is a one-mile pace for a purse of uh, $25,000. Number one, windblowing. Was actually fifty-six to one last week, and I thought this horse had a shot in the race. But uh, anyway, it was from the nine post, and driver Jody Jameson chose to leave. And actually, this horse was on top by two lengths at the quarter pole. So I was kind of kind of getting excited. Well, this no, I mean, fifty-six yeah, to one, yeah, fifty-six to one, yeah. But unfortunately, it was in against a horse by the name of uh, Line Drive Hanover, who is seven for seven going into the last re- last week's race. And no surprise, after last week, is now eight for eight. So. Uh, uh, and that's at Woodbine Mohawk Park. So uh, there's no line drawing Hanover in there tonight, and Windblowing has drawn the rail, uh, which should allow Jody Jameson to be able to uh, carve out a pretty good uh, trip tonight. Uh, also, with the line drive Hanover not in there, I think that Windblowing meets a bit of a easier field. So uh, better post position, 8-1 to one on the morning line, I think that Windblowing has a big shot tonight, and the price should be all right as well. Maybe not 56 to 1, <laughs> but we'll take something a little less than that. So you know, <laughs> You're so generous, Larry. <laughs> yeah. Woodbine Mohawk Park, race 7, number 1, Windblowing. And finally? Finally, we got the Meadowlands. Uh, they have a 15 race card tonight, and uh, actually race 15 is a one-mile trot for a purse of $15,500. Number one, Big Rich, went a long way on the front end last week, finishing a close third to a horse by the name of Memo, who happened to be one of our ponies' picks last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A uh, big difference this week, though, is that Memo has drawn back in but has the nine hole, while Big Rich goes from post six last week to the rail post tonight. Uh, only a neck separated these two horses last week, so the big shift in post should favor Big Rich tonight. 
Plus, if the last race was any indicator, Big Rich does possess the necessary speed to get good rail position and either try to set the pace, like last week, or get some good rail position throughout. So the Meadowlands, race 15, number one, Big Rich. Larry, that was awesome. Thank you, my friend. As always, thank you to Mark for our fans of horse racing. Always love the love on social media. As always, thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of an issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, email Larry Simpson at theponies247 experience at gmail.com. Don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign. Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies, as even though the silent auction's over, you can still donate to the cause. The, the feed, York Region's only magazine, shows up next with the legend Ann Romer. Stick around with 105.9 The Region all week and long. It's great to have the thoroughbreds back at Woodbine, making us all feel very good. I'll be back here Monday morning. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the races. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.